Welcome to Cat Paws Cafe, the pod version. It's not a substitute for the blog, but I really miss doing audiobooks, so I'm trying to teach myself to podcast instead. This is a slightly different one. It's not a story, but I do hope that you find it interesting. The first scent of autumn, of spring, was always caught after dark, walking at night. Here and now it's high summer. I really miss that here, the pronounced seasons, and that there's nowhere to take that walk, nowhere safe, except the roof, my sanctuary. In the dark you can't tell it's dirty concrete. Let me take you there. But you have to ignore the neighbor's music, arguments, and attempting to make more humans. To begin with, let's step back in time. I'm in the kitchen at my parents' house, looking out of the north-facing window where most of the village is. Apart from the street lights along the country road, It's dark. In the distance, I can see the bell tower of the parish church. It's lit up against the night sky and visible for miles, especially in the summer when it doesn't ever get that dark. I'd noticed that our lights was often the last to go out at night, which is odd because my mother was no night owl. I loved those quiet, darkening evenings. Nighttime has, with very few exceptions, always been my friend, a source of nourishment for my soul and possibility of magic. In the autumn, my favorite time of year, when the cozy dog returns, I greet it the same way my mother used to greet spring, a kind of return of life rather than light with longer, darker evenings. Nighttime, perhaps what the Mexicans call la madrugada, has always been the only time that is truly mine. Nothing that has to be tended to, no job applications or phone calls, no logs of tasks to be filled in, no tidying, no cleaning, no household chores. Time reclaimed or stolen, just for me. It's the time when I do what I want, without guilt or perhaps just a little on behalf of lost sleep. It's the being hour. It is the hour of the observer, the clairsentience time, thanks to a lessening of psychic static interference emanating of everyone, whether they are aware of it or not. Because more people are asleep, even in a city fueled by tourism that never stops. I do my best creating at night, the most inspired and with the least resistance. Is the dark, like the color black, more receptive, supportive of ideas to pour forth from the still unmanifest into this dimension? 
is the dark providing a womb-like state, its spaciousness vast and endless, where much more is possible, where we are free of the limitations imposed by the office, a cubicle, a room, interrupted only by the light thrown by a street light or other unrestrained light bulbs. To be able to stay up that or those extra hours when it was quiet and conducive to creativity. To not have to go to bed at 10.30 and get up for work at some ungodly hour in the morning. That to the teenage me was ultimate freedom. Proof of success. To be the master of your own time. I love the slightly altered state creating at night offers as a favour one that comes naturally. I don't drink at all these days, not that I was ever much of a drinker, and I've never been into recreationals. It just isn't for me. Mornings have always felt like torture. I never ever got used to getting up early. Years of school followed by college and work only made me hate it more. The shaming of owls and the strong bias in our world in favour of larks and hummingbirds annoy me. Just because I'm not functioning before 10am doesn't mean I was up to no good, that I'm lazy or undisciplined or even dirty. It's just that owls' body clocks have a different optimal setting. I wonder if what time of day you were born has something to do with whether you grow up to be an owl or a lark or somewhere in between and where that leaves induced babies or caesarean borns scheduled for maximum convenience. It's in the twilight at dusk when together with dawn the veil is at its flimsiest it's the time when countless generations who lived without electric light urges us on. It's time to go home and be safe. It's time. It's time. Prepare for the morrow and settle in for the night. Dusk itself reminds me that there is more to life than this, what we can see. The other worlds are closer than any other time of day. It's the hour of feeling those who have gone before, our ancestors and furry companions. Snapshots frozen in time, depicting others who have inspired and sometimes saved us from afar. Some who we never knew and never even met in person. Everyone knows daylight is important to your health. And as someone who's experienced periods of long dark winter months where you only see the sun for an hour or two on your day off, if it's not raining or cloudy that is, and where SAD is a very real thing for many people. But we forget darkness is important too. For in the darkness resides the opportunity for reset. It is so much more than just sleep. And yet, when you step outside, the magnificence of the sky on a starry night pulls you out of yourself 
and reminds us all that there's so much more to life than the daily grind. So much more than make a living, go about chores and getting caught up in the daily drama of commuting, utilities and bills to be paid on time. The stars in the sky reminds us there's a bigger picture too. Space, along with the dark, is invisible nourishment for my soul and my heart. The sky is providing space upwards when there is scant to be found laterally, allowing to feel held and part of something bigger. When it's been clouded over for too long, I feel like I've been held in isolation. The stars let me feel understood without explaining, quiet without questioning. To find the strength to go on, the space to fully be ourselves and not feel watched. The darkness is a comforting blanket where my self-critical thoughts take a welcome break and the body dysphoria fades out for a while. The dark sky is a space to let pent-up tears flow silently where no one sees and no one judges, making me feel less alone. Music and sound can make us feel validated and less alone especially when those we know and resonate with have their physical bodies far too far away for any togetherness or to be of comfort, even if they knew that this is a time of need. The quiet hours are also for longing and dreaming, and before you snigger, I didn't mean it that way. Something anyone who's lived in many places will tell you is fragmentation, especially if they are as restless, rootless and nomadic as I am. You leave a piece of yourself behind and there's no way to be in so many places at once. So the night is when I'm acutely, if abstractly, aware of what I'm missing. Where I wish I could pop over and spend a few hours or an evening with people I carry in my heart the people I hope to see again in this life. I've lived in a lot of places, different countries and different continents even, in cities, towns and in the countryside. And where we live now, there is no spending time outside after dark if you don't strongly belong. Not in a way I'd want to. It's a dangerous place to wear a female body, especially if its skin is as pale as mine. Which brings me to the roof. The roof was one of the main reasons I chose this place. I also chose it because it has some kind of garden where the cats can hang out in relative safety, where they don't have to worry about traffic or, shall we say, be messed with by other people. Even next door's Moggy comes to hang out in their relative peace. For years, this area didn't feel like Cancun. It had its own small town vibe. Sometimes you hear crickets, not as many as the cacophony in Kaba, but for the most part, 
It's the bassy or tinny music played by neighbors, punctuated by sirens and traffic in the distance that makes up the ambience. The only time it's truly quiet is when there is a power cut. It's the only time the background hum of overhead electronics and underground pump stations aren't there, and the sense of peace is palpable. And while we get plenty of power cuts, most of them happen during the daytime and only last a couple of minutes. They aren't nearly as appreciated by electronics as they are by me. There is nowhere to go for a walk unless you first take the car and still definitely not after dark if you value your life and body. I've walked home alone through cities and towns. The only thing that used to bother me were drunks and boy racers. It annoys me. Why shouldn't we be able to move about after dark without having to consider the very real risk of being raped, assaulted, mugged, beaten, kidnapped or murdered? Why can't we just leave each other be? My love affair with a dark time of day started early. Why can't you do whatever it is during the day? I hear that in my parents' anxious voices. I also hear the unspoken words. Why can't you just be normal? What is it that you have to do that you can't do during the day? Sometimes you just want some space and peace alone away from people and why shouldn't we be able to get away get out in nature and enjoy being outdoors at night too the thing is I've never felt comfortable in nature during the day it makes me feel restless and uneasy Nature at night, on the other hand, now that's different. But thanks to ill-intentioned people, one can't really enjoy something if at the same time you have to be watchful not to be assaulted. Which is why I'm so grateful for our roof, even if the floodlights at the nearby football field is a pain in the proverbial left on all night, long after the last player have left so powerful that they light up the trees in the nearby empty building lot in the street behind us, making the trees look like giant broccoli. The roof. It's not much, but here where privacy is a luxury only a few can find or indeed care for. Hello cultural differences. It's where I go to be with the night. I can get there without having to dodge other people and I don't care if it's boring concrete, surrounded by even more grey concrete, stained by pollution to look even uglier. It's mine. One of my delights are that our two resident opossums have become 3.5. Yeah, Mrs. Possum has just had another little one. And last year's teenager has grown up. Since they started doing the rounds, the cats have had zero ticks. I put out overly ripe fruit, which they love, and leftover cat food soaked in water, which they also hoover up, 
every single last nugget. If I forget, they climb the nonny tree and help themselves, which is fine, since that particular self-seeded variety isn't for human consumption. But it's leafy, it's green, and it handles the hot climate and the ants well, so what can I say? The love I have for Mrs. Opossum is quite out of proportion. She was the first to appear late one evening, followed months later by Mr., who is a lot cheekier. He used to sneak through the cat flap and raid the cat's food bowls. I know, because table manners are not their strong suit. Mrs. Opossum, with her kind, intelligent peppercorn eyes, I simply adore. She was the one who allowed me to borrow a ride to see the world of an opossum from the inside. And what a ride it was! Their bodies are pure sinewy muscle and their grey scaling walls and trees are dizzying. I want you to know I wasn't always comfortable in the dark. As a young person I was frightened by the noises I heard and couldn't place of getting lost in the dark and I loved torches and flashlights and candles and oil lamps of all kinds. I still do. But when I got a little older it changed in an instant. I remember it clearly. It was thanks to my lifelong interest in the Second World War and a sudden insight just how many people found safety under cover of night to whom darkness was a friend that helped them survive especially those involved with the resistance movement from that day that moment my relationship to the dark changed completely but I'm still afraid of spiders hence the torches there are more sides to the dark but night was respite from the bullies at school when they couldn't taunt me. I'm not saying there hasn't been fear and desperation when relationships have fallen apart, when I've been out of work, homeless, terrified and feeling hopeless. It's difficult not to be aware of all the dastardly deeds that take place under cover of darkness. It seems taking advantage of others is a habit some individuals just cannot give up. It's a privilege to go to bed and sleep in a safe place, and I honour that. Unlike when you have nowhere to go, nowhere to hide, and you feel your safety is conditional or dependent on how cooperative you are, how flexible to be used or exploited, or keeping yourself, who you really are, firmly under wraps or disguised. And let's not even mention it's 5pm somewhere and other substances that transform people you thought you knew into utter strangers. I'm in my hotel room in Mexico City. I've dragged the padded stool over by the window and I'm bent sideways, kind of half sitting, half standing, trying to get a whiff of the cool night air. It's a window that slides open, but not too much to prevent breakings, avoid jumpers and others under the influence, including children from, you know, doing stupid things. 
I've heard so many stories, and none of them sold it to me. But a scent I catch is not scary. Smells have their own way of illustrating the nightscape. If anything, it's scintillating, and I almost burst my lungs trying to get more, more, more. For it's full of that late-night city air I remember so well from my teens and twenties. Full of promise and excitement, and not the loud, thick with car fumes and people, like during the day. It whispers, come dance with me. I'll take you places you never knew existed. And not in a seedy way, but in a work hard and you will feel rewarded. Get somewhere. It's the scent of hopes and dreams and possibilities I haven't sensed for decades. I know it's not real, and still, it is seductive. My dark is not yours. It's not loud noises, hectic lights, a crush of bodies clambering for attention. There is a time and space for that too, if you like. I just wasn't built for what passes for nightlife. Darkness is an intimate dinner on the patio. Candles or muted lighting as the sun sets and evening arrives, followed later by night. An invitation to share something soulful, conducive to confidences. Hush togetherness, intimacy, confidences, catching up. More honest, perhaps, less pussyfooting, and closer to the truth. Compare it to going out for brunch at a place with white modern tables, polished floors, steel chairs, not too comfortable, and busy, busy, busy. And some are perfectly happy with the noise, the interruptions, the hustle and bustle, the screeching children playing and the keeping it light. A lot of us live in a society where we've made upbeat and loud to equal good, where being intimate has come to mean sex, and melancholy and introspection has become dirty words, and a person who displays such traits are to be avoided, least it rubs off on you. There is also the unsettling long nights spent with friends. You know that last night before you or they have to leave to go home, where you cling to the last moments of togetherness. Because you know, it could be a week, it could be a month, a year or even more, until you see each other again. And after, when you lie in bed, when the altered state of night have flown, angst, causing uncontrollable shivers and cramping because you fear you shared too much. Nocturne Unlike words like darkness and night, no other word comes close to describing the feeling. 
a feeling I know so well. And at the same time, I don't know for sure what it is. It's behind the veil and it encompasses so much from dimensional homesickness, a longing for a place I don't know and have never been and would yet recognize in a heartbeat. I wake up and I miss the dark. It's already bright outside. Milou, one of our two cats, is asleep on the bed by my feet. It's a rare visit worth surfacing for. I keep the earplugs in while I wake up. As much as I, in my immigrant bubble, want to see if there's any news from friends and family, with switching on the phone, some never switch theirs off, comes the return of the hectic energy, lapping like waves of an invisible but still rising tide all around me. I miss the quiet of the night, not so much the volume because it's rarely quiet here. There's still a hush right now before things really get going. It's like an old clock being wound up, but I can already feel the busyness, the psychic static in the ethers. It's one of people who habitually haven't got enough sleep even in lockdown. Blue screens of all sizes steal our peace aided, of course, by fears and worries. I can't tell others how to live their lives any more than I'd accept being told how to conduct mine. We incarnated in this time of high-tech, so why would you choose to live quietly? Heaven knows technology makes my life so much more bearable. But I miss the night, and the day hasn't yet really begun. The music you've heard, ironically enough, is called Sun Signs by Thomas Almquist. It's from an album called The Shen Men from 1985. Check it out.